this great series called The Best Summer Ever, okay? And, and I really believe that this is turning into one of the best series ever. And what we're doing is we're looking at two things. Well, we're looking at decisions and we're looking at the choices that we have to make in life. And I've been giving you two things. Number one, how to make great decisions now right? And then also I've been giving you a decision that needs to be made right now that will help you have a better summer or a better future. And again, this is important. It's so important because ultimately who we are is determined by the sum total of the choices that we've made. And when you think about it, who we become, right, is determined by the choices that we're going to make today, right? We're going to make tomorrow. We're going to make this summer. You know, it sets up sets us up for what's ahead in life. So this is very important because I want you making decisions that not only will give you the best summer ever, right, but will give you a better future, a better life in Christ. And here's what I know. I know that some of you have a few big decisions that need to be made, right? Some of you have something on the horizon or something that's happening in your life right now and you're just like, man, I don't know what to do. Or, or here's what I get all the time. Preacher, how do I know what God wants me to do, right? How do I make sure that this next choice, this next decision that I'm going to make, that I am in God's will? So what we've been doing is I've been giving you a few ways to know, right? A few ways to kind of help you determine how to make those decisions, okay? Let's review a couple of the points that I brought up, and then I'm going to give you a new one today, okay? Number one, I said, when you have a decision to make, the best question to ask yourself is, what does the Bible say? Right? What does the Bible say? Does God's word speak to this issue? And if it does, then if I believe that God's word is my authority, we've got to start there, that God's word is our authority in life. And if it says it, then I'm going to follow it because I believe that I'm blessed when I do what God wants, when I follow his word, and I get in trouble when I don't. Okay? So, number one, that choice, that decision you have to make, sometimes it's as easy as going to scripture and going, what does God's word have to tell me about this? The second thing I said last week is coming out of Mother's Day, heading into Father's Day. The second question was, what if mama knew? This decision, this choice I'm about to make, can I do this? Here's the point of that one last week, is can I do this with a clear conscience? Like when in doubt, if if I'm doubtful about this or if I'm worried that other people may find out, that's probably a good indication that you shouldn't do it, right? Then I just better stay away from it. You know, this one has really guided me. I'll tell you what. Um, especially when I was a teenager, man, my parents uh, gave me a lot of freedom growing up. In fact, my senior year of high school, I was just talking to dad about this the other day. I actually moved into the office that was on the side of the house so I could have my own entrance in and out. And I was like, dad, what were you thinking? (laughs) Right? And dad was like, man, I just prayed that you would make good decisions and that you would lock the door when you came back in each night. Right? But that, that kind of you know, number one, my, my parents grounded me. Man, when it came to decisions, what does the Bible have to say? That really guided me in life. And then number two, I always wanted to have a clear conscience. Like, I never wanted to, I've always had this guilt complex. Like, I never wanted to do anything that would leave me with a guilty conscience. So I always want to make sure that I'm making decisions that are great for everyone to know. Okay, so those are the last two weeks. If you missed either one of those, go catch them up online, okay? Today, let me give you another one, okay? And if you got your message notes out, Go ahead, let's start filling in some blanks. And I want y'all to know, we started putting these out there. So if you want to grab one of these papers on your way in with a pen, you can make your own notes and keep them in your own binder, okay? But here's the decision, here's the question you need to ask yourself for the next decision. Is this the best? Is this the best? Okay, this decision, 
this choice that I'm about to make between option A and option B, whatever it is, what's the best? What's the best for me? Not what's good, not what's okay, not what does everybody else say. What's the best in this situation? Let me give you a verse that goes along with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says this. Paul says, I am allowed to do anything. Okay, Paul, just pause. There's, a, there's tr- tremendous freedom that comes in Christ, okay? We have a lot of freedom to do a lot of different things, and it could be good things. That we've got a lot of freedom in life, but it goes on to say, but not everything is good for you. Not everything is beneficial. I love this. There are so many things that are allowed. There are so many things that are okay. There are so many things that are even good, but maybe it's not so good for you. Maybe it's not beneficial for you. And let's go back. The reason this is so important, let's go back to those gray areas in life when we've got a decision or a choice that needs to be made. Most of the decisions that you're going to make in life, most of those decisions that we struggle with so much, they're not between good and bad. Most of the decisions that we struggle with, you know, they're not between what's, what's right and what's wrong. It's not always that clear cut. Most of the decisions that we struggle with are between what's good and what's better. So maybe a good question to ask ourselves is when we're looking at this situation, is this, is this going to help me or is this going to hinder me? Is this going to be useful or is this going to be useless? For instance, let's talk about it as it relates to the decisions we make in wasting time. When it comes to 24 hours that we have in a day, when it comes to the 24 hours that you got tomorrow and how you spend, if you got a day off, good for you. How do you spend that 24 hours, right? What's best? Not what's good, not what's okay, not what's acceptable, but what's the best? I think one of the biggest wastes there is, if I can just be honest, is Netflix, Oh, Netflix. Netflix is so bad because it's so good, right? Like any of those, any of those, just pick your streaming. You know what's so great about Netflix is that when I'm into a show or when I'm watching a show, generally if I've got to watch it on TV, I've got to wait next week to see what happens on This Is Us, right? Like I got to wait a week until the next one comes out. But on Netflix, man, I've still got like 563 episodes left, to go through, right? And so I face this dilemma every time I'm through with an episode. Like I could, what's best for me here? It's late at night. What's best is probably for me to get to bed or it's in the middle of the day. What's best? I could probably do some stuff around the house or go outside and mow the grass or I can find out if Beth Harmon is ever gonna defeat Borgov in chess, right? Like I gotta know. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, right? The urge to binge watch is overwhelming. Again, whatever you're watching, it might not be bad, might not, you know, might not be harmful, but is it the best? I hear people say all the time, well, there's nothing wrong with this decision. And that might be the case. There may not be nothing, nothing may be wrong with it at all, but what is the best? There's a story that uh, Jimmy Carter tells about the time that he was being interviewed by Admiral Rickover, who founded the U.S. Nuclear Navy. And Admiral Rickover asked him one time about his time in Annapolis. And he asked Jimmy Carter, he says, where did you end up, where did you stand in your graduating class in Annapolis? And Carter said, I wasn't at the top, but I wasn't at the bottom either. And the Admiral looked at him and said, well, did you do your best? Did you give your best? And Carter 
very honestly said, no, I didn't. I could have done more. And Admiral looked back at him, he shot back at him and said, why not the best? Why not choose the best? And Carter said that was something that stuck with him forever. It was something that really kind of guided him. Not what's good, not what's okay, but what's the best. And as your pastor, man, I want you to do great things for God. Like, I don't want you to settle in your life. Like, I want you to grab the bull by the horns. I want you to take the best step possible. So when it comes to that decision that you're trying to make, and is God going to be pleased with this? Or what does God want to do? You know, where we're going to go for the rest of the day is maybe not take the easy way out. But maybe when it comes to those decisions, it could be good and it could be okay. But maybe ask yourself, what is the best for me? For what God wants in my life? Now, going along with that theme, some of y'all have got a decision to make. That's a good question to ask. Going along with that, now, let me switch gears, and let me give you a decision that needs to be made today. Okay, let me give you something to think about. Today, we're going to continue on with this theme, and we're going to talk about godly growth over immediate gratification. Today, we're going to talk about choosing godly long-term goals or settling for selfish short-term goals game. Groeschel puts it best. He, he says it this way. He says, this is choosing between what you want the most and what you want right now. That's what we're deciding today, okay? It's a decision between what I want the most or, or, or better than that. What does God want for me the most, right? Over what I want right now. And for our scripture this morning, I want to go back to 1 Corinthians. I want to go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. And I told you in the past that this uh, metaphor of running a race is all over scripture. And I want to use it again today to talk us through this decision that needs to be made. Okay, so Paul starts off and he says this. He says, don't you realize, don't you know that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. Only one person wins. I, I love this. Paul is writing in a time before everybody got participation trophies, okay? I love this. You know what's so funny is that, you know, I remember when the girls were playing soccer and they're so little, we weren't supposed to keep score. And, you know, at the end of the game, we're like, how we do? Oh, y'all did, everybody's the winner. Everybody did so great. And you look at the parents and like, man, we totally smoked them, right? Like, the parents are keeping score, right? Paul is writing back in a time when this was like there's only one winner, right? And that's how... He wants you to run in life. So he looked at the very end. He says, so run. This is my advice to you. Paul says, run to win. Run to win. We got to be in it to win it. There's only one winner at the end of the day. There's only one winner at the end of the race. So here's, here's the goal. We're, we're going we're gonna to shoot for the end. We're going to get to the end of the race. And we're going to run as though we want to win it all. I love races. I love watching races. And a little while back, I saw this video that came out that has nearly 4 million views of a race between the coaching staff and the University of Georgia football team. Now, let me apologize for using a Georgia video here, okay? I am sorry for all you Auburn people. It's, if it were an Auburn video, I would think about using it. Um, but it's a Georgia video, so uh, just stick with me here. But the coach comes out at this football practice, and he's like, who wants to 
take part in this race. It's a four by 400. He picks out four coaches. He picks out four football players. And they're all getting ready for this big race. And to be honest, the coaches don't have a chance. I mean, they're fit and all, but they're not in their 20s. These guys are going to smoke them, right? And so the football players are just kind of, you know, lackadaisical about it all, realizing they probably have this in the bag. But what they didn't know is at the very end of the race, the coach, the head coach, pulls himself out of the race, and he puts Matthew Bowling in the race. And Matthew Bowling is an NCAA track star. He's shattering all these records. And so the football players kind of hold back a little bit. And then this happens. So can they hang on to this lead? Bowling has got so much work to do. This would be a huge task if he could do it. Bowling is catching Bowling him. Bowling is coming. The, Here this comes Bowling. The stadium is going crazy right now. Is Come he going to do it? Matthew Bowling oh comes up three seconds back Woo! to win. Guys are kind of holding back. They don't know what's about to happen. And then he just blazes right past them. Listen, Matthew Bowling doesn't run for second place, man. He is in it to win it. When you're in a race, man, I want you to run with all the focus, all the intensity of not just trying to get a participation trophy at the end of the day. I want you to in it to be in it to win it, right? To run for the prize, for the goal that God has in front of us. So, so Paul goes on the next uh, couple of verses and he says this. He says, those athletes, those athletes that are running to win, man, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They're disciplined. So if you're running to win, if that's what you want, man, you got to choose what you want most and you got to be disciplined to get where you want to be over what you want right now. We got to choose the long term over the short term. Because when it comes to competing and when it comes to crossing that finish line, man, what I want the most, if it's in a race, what I want the most is to be in shape. And I got to work hard at that, right? But what I may want now is to sleep in and eat whatever I want to, right? We got to choose long-term godly growth over short-term instant gratification. And in order to run to win, in order to reach that godly growth that we have, that we need in life, we got to be disciplined. We got to be disciplined. Now, this is great because the, the word disciple and the word discipline both come from the same root word. Okay? So, to be a disciple, it actually means to choose that long term goal and to be disciplined in how we get to that goal and what God wants for us. Why should we be so disciplined for those long-term godly goals? Like, why is that so important? Paul goes on. He goes on to tell us why. He says, they, the athletes, the athletes who participate in all these things, they do it to win a prize that's going to fade away. In other words, what they're after is they're doing it for a trophy that's just going to wind up sitting up in the attic, right? They're doing it for a plaque that's going to hang on the wall and just gather dust, right? But we, those that are disciples, man, we're disciplined for, for another reason. He says, but we do it for an eternal prize. That's why, that's why we run to win, right? That's why we're not settling in life. 
That's why we're choosing what's the best, what's the most that God wants in this situation. We're after the long distance. We're after godly growth, the long-term blessings. We're not doing it for a little plastic trophy that's just going to fade away. We're doing it, whatever this is, whatever this decision is, whatever God wants for me next, we're going to do it for his glory. Because one day, one day, what we're after is that eternal prize. What we're after is we're going to do what God wants us to do so that we can grow closer to him, so that we can be perfected, right? That's, that's the goal in life, is to grow closer and closer to Jesus Christ so much so that I'm perfected in the image of who he is, that I become more and more like Jesus himself, so that I'm ready for that grand inheritance, for that eternal prize that awaits me at the end. But in order for that to happen, again, I got to be disciplined. I got to choose long-term over the short-term instant gratification. Let's go back to that idea of being disciplined. I'm always amazed at people who are disciplined in life. I'm always amazed at the athletes that, that work so hard. You know, we got the Olympics coming up right around the corner. And I'm always amazed at these athletes who work their entire life lives to get to that point, that long-term goal of competing, and not just competing just to compete, but to compete to win it. Um, I saw this video this past week. Y'all may have seen us speaking at the Olympics. Uh, This video that was put out by Simone Biles. Um, For those of y'all that don't know, she's the most decorated gymnast in history. And on Saturday, she executed a new vault that was considered so dangerous that no other woman has attempted it. And I brought the video. Y'all watch this. Here we go. Here's what the New York Times says about this. It said, to execute it, the gymnast must first launch herself into a round-off back handspring onto the vaulting table and then propel herself high enough to give herself time to flip twice in a pike position, which is body folded, legs straight, before landing on her feet. It's kind of maneuver done much more easily by a platform diver who has the help of gravity and the safety of a soft landing. Biles, though, executes it by producing enough speed and the strength to power herself high in the air and then flip so quickly on the way down that gravity seems to have been taken by surprise. And others were too. And then it goes on to say that she's actually so good that the only fault was that she over-rotated. She was too strong, which is crazy. And at the end of this, one of the reporters came up to her and asked, why did you attempt this? And she simply said, because I can. And I was like, oh, snap. Get it, Simone. That's awesome. Mic drop. Just walk off the stage, right? Because why can she? Why can she do that and nobody else can? Because she has been training for that her whole life, right? She is in it to win it. She runs to win the goal, right? She has been doing this every championship that she's won, every gold medal that's in her trophy case at home. Man, it's all just been building and building and building and building to finally that long-term goal of doing things, doing things, attempting things that have never been done. Man, that's what I want in my life for Christ, right? I want to be in it to win it so bad. I want to run so hard. I want to compete so well that I'm doing things for him that I've never done. So, so, so bring, all of this, bring all this in. 
what we've been talking about in athletes and long-term goals and racing and not just being in it for a participation trophy at the end of the day because that's not what it's all about, man. We, we want to compete. We want to compete for the one who gave his life for us. We want to do it the, the best we can. So, so bring this home. Bring this home to your spiritual journey with Christ. Let me ask you. Would Jesus be pleased with the effort that you give? Let that thought just stay with you, linger with you today, maybe into tomorrow. Is Jesus happy with the effort that you're giving? When it comes to those choices that you're making, when it comes to those areas in life where you've got to be disciplined to grow closer to him, is he pleased? Are you looking... To compete well, are you looking for godly growth in your life or are you just looking every day for instant gratification? Are you looking for what he wants the most, what's most important in life? Are you just selfishly living each and every day just to get by? Not really putting in the effort that you know you could be doing. Let's dig down on two questions. I want you to take these two questions with you. When it comes to godly growth, number one, ask yourself that question, what do I want the most? What do I want the most? Okay? Think about what you want the most right now. Just, just think about it and, and just let, let's be serious. serious. Uh, ladies, don't say, you know, want to marry Matt Damon. Uh, or guys, say a new pitching staff for the Braves. You know, that would be great. No, no, no. Not what, what do I want most? What are some realistic goals here? When it comes to the decisions I need to make for where God wants me to go next. Maybe, uh, maybe it's time to take Christ more seriously. Maybe for some of you, you might say, you know, I just want to be closer to God. That's what I want most. I've been feeling distant. And I, I don't know how I got to this place where I am. But now, today, like I want to be closer to God. That's, that's what I want the most. That's what God wants for me the most. You know, maybe, maybe something you want the most is just to, like we've been talking about racing. Maybe for some of us it's getting in shape and it's not for it to get in shape because I just want to look good. No, no, no. So I, like I want to feel better. I want to do, I, I want to get myself into a better place so I'm able to do more for God's glory. Maybe it's getting out of debt. You know, get, getting rid of credit card debt so that you can have more of that freedom we were talking about earlier to do more for God, Right? Maybe it's in, in your marriage, you know what I'm saying? You know what, I, I don't want to tolerate just participation awards anymore. I don't, I don't want to go just for average anymore. I want more intimacy. I want to honor God with the relationship that I have. So where is it in your life where you're like, man, game on. Game, man, I'm ready. Line me up. I'm ready to compete. I'm, re- I'm ready to give it everything I've got. And I don't want like the 10 top things. I just want the one thing. I want the one thing you want to accomplish the most. Maybe let's just put it in terms of having the best summer ever. At the end of this summer, what would, what would make you look back and go, man, that was the best summer ever because I got, I got where God wanted me to be in that area of my life. You know, we're thinking three months, four months. We're, th- we're thinking years ahead even. When we look back and say, man, I'm glad that was the best summer ever because I started that race. And man, I, de- I was determined to compete well. 
And here's what we're going to do. The reason that we're going to focus on one thing is because we want to have victory, right? We want to we celebrate small victories. And so when we build a victory in that area, then we'll move on to point number two. But for point number one right now, where is it that you want to achieve a godly goal? And then the second question is, what can I do right now? What can I do right now to achieve that godly goal? Really simple. What do I need to choose right now? If we're going to choose to be a disciple, then that means that we got to choose to be disciplined, right? We got to look at the long term, all the way through the end of the race. We're going to make, we're going to make decisions now. We're going to make choices today that will affect, right, where we're going and what we want later. Let me give you a few examples. If you're what you want the most this summer is to grow closer to God, then what choice, what decisions can you make right now that will help you? You can choose to download the Bible app and maybe begin reading in the book of John through the summer and just read a chapter a day. Maybe you can choose to get up 15 minutes earlier so that you can start your day off on the right foot and spend that time with God. Maybe you can choose somehow to serve other people because you understand that when you serve others, it means that you are more Christ-like in those ways when we serve one another. Like, what, what do we need to do? Then, then, then do it. Maybe, maybe it's with your marriage, right? What are you gonna do today? Y'all, this is not as difficult as we seem to make it sometimes. Maybe you begin praying together. You know, I, I share that statistic all the time that couples who pray together stay together. It's like a 99% chance that if you're praying together, you stay together and things do get better. Maybe it's time to say, you know what? The choices I'm gonna make today that will help my intimacy in my marriage is that we are gonna choose every night to pray together. Maybe you choose to have a date night. You know, once in a while during the week. Maybe you choose to have a vacation, but you just take a vacation with the two of you and away from the kids. Can I get an amen for, oh, there we go. I love it. Get an amen for a vacation away from the kids. You know, you know, there's two, <laughs> this isn't in my notes. There's two types of vacations. There's the Baptist vacation when you take with your family where there's a whole lot of rules and regulations. T knows where I'm going with this. And then there's a Pentecostal vacation when you take just with your spouse because there's a whole lot of laying on the hands. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I just off script. Sorry, that was funny though, that was funny. Um, anyway, let me see if I can recover from that. What do you need to do to have a great marriage? Take a vacation, just the two of you take one of those Pentecostal vacations. Maybe, maybe it's to get out of debt so that you can honor God more with your finances. You know, a good place to start with that would be those Dave Ramsey studies. Do y'all know, let me tell you this, do y'all know that we have those studies available to every member at the Ridge? Like, all you got to do is go online to our ministry page and look for the online media library and register for your own account to Right Now Media. And you can find any study that you need there. And there's a couple there with Dave Ramsey. And it could be that this weekend or this summer, when it comes to getting out of debt and staying, you know, getting your finances in order, you begin to say, you know what? Maybe instead of watching Cobra Kai for the third time, and I shouldn't, maybe I should start watching some of these Dave Ramsey videos. And you start making choices to move in that direction. The thing is, man, we talk about those choices that need to be made and what needs to be happening. But people are always so nervous and so, we get so tied up in how hard it's going to be. 
And you know what? It is hard. It is difficult. And that's why we're disciplined. Praying together can be awkward at times. You know, cutting up those credit cards, man, that's going to hurt, right? Going to counseling, it might get expensive. But here's what I'm going to say, and here's what Paul would say. Paul would say, choose the pain. Stay disciplined. Man, keep moving towards that goal that God has in front of you. Man, don't take the easy way out. In fact, uh, let me go back to that image of the race that the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, and let's close this out. He puts it this way. He says, so I'll run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. I fight to win it. I'm not just shadow boxing or playing around. Like an athlete, I punish my body, treating it roughly, training it to do what it should, not what it wants. Man, I love this verse. Man, this verse gets me jacked up here. I love it. Man, I train my body to do what it should and not what it wants. I picture Rocky training in the snow, getting ready to fight the Russian, right? Like this is, this is big stuff. Man, I'm not swinging at nothing. I'm not playing around. God has this goal in front of me and I'm going to do whatever it takes and I'm going to make every effort to make the decisions and the choices that put me in that direction. So what is it this morning? Like what is it that you're thinking about? What's that number one thing? What do you want the most? Not, not what would only make this the best summer ever for you, but would give you a better future. And now that you're thinking about that one thing, then, and then think about, what do I need to do? What do I need to do tomorrow? What do I need to do the next week that will help me stay disciplined in moving in that direction? Because again, here's the thing. If you don't do something now, it may be the thing that you regret the most later. If you don't start doing something right now, it may be the thing that you regret the most in the future. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the father who says, man, I wish I had just taken more time to be with my kids. You know, I don't want to be the husband who, who looks back and is like, man, I should have just taken out an hour each week to, to make sure that I'm connecting with my wife, right? I don't want to be the one who feels further away from Christ at the end of the summer because I wasn't willing to be disciplined enough to just wake up 15 minutes earlier in the morning and to start the day off on the right foot. Christ in me is strong enough to move, if God has put that goal on your heart, then today what we're going to do is we're going to make choices to move in that direction. Because here's the deal. At the end of the day, when I'm standing before Christ, I don't want to just get a participation trophy. I don't want to be the one that just showed up. I want to be the one that competed well, that finished the race that did everything he could for the glory of Christ. Let's pray together. God, just thank you so much. We come before you today with so many different things on our mind. God, we confess that we don't always know what to do. God, sometimes we know the right thing and Maybe we have the desire to do the best we can, but on our own, God, we don't always make the best decisions, God. But with you, we understand that with you, when it comes to the decisions, God, all things are possible. 
You provide the strength and the power we need to move forward. You provide the power that we need to accomplish those goals that you have for us. So God, I pray for everyone in here. God, I pray for whatever they want the most. And God, I just pray that you would help us find the strength we need to achieve those godly goals, even if it means the pain. God, just the the pain of daily of giving something up or, or the pain of swallowing our pride and asking for forgiveness. God, we would rather experience the pain of the short term so that we can experience the long-term growth that we need and that you want for us. God, we want the best for our lives. Not for our sake, but for your glory. God, we want to do our best. We want to compete to win. We're in it to win it for the one who gave his life for us. The one who offers us salvation. God, we give you everything that we have. God, we pray that you would be glorified in all that we do. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.